UFC 182 Jones versus Cormier is coming up this Saturday. I'm in my parents' dining room while the family plays some cards in the background. Very Christmassy. Which means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting is way easier from outside the cage. I don't know why more people don't do it. I don't, I don't know. either. Did you end up um, investing in uh, microphones for each of your family members? I did not invest in a microphone for each of my family members because, as the audience might notice, I have a volume issue. I'm louder sometimes than maybe <laughs> to be. Did you? That's really hereditary. That? Like it's a thing my family carries with it. Everyone in the family is like that. They're all very loud. On a scale of loudest, where do you rank? I'm like third on the loud scale. Really? My sister and mother coming at the one-two spot. No one's going to say which order they're in. Oh, no. Uh, and my See, father and I are bringing up the rear. The beauty of this is they can hear you, and I hear them reacting in the background. Yeah, it's like a miniature live audience. It's great. <laughs> it's Verbal Tap Goes Acoustic, apparently. <laughs> verbal Tap. Fresh sessions. Mm-hmm. So you... Okay, you don't normally get giddy about these weird things that we talk this about on the podcast, weird. but you it's it is a little weird. No, it's not. You saw the movie John Wick. Yes. It, first of all, it's when did it come out? A That's while back. None of your business. Okay. Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. Do you want to – don't like, leave all... me hanging like I'm supposed to intro this. Well, you wanted to talk about the goddamn movie on the podcast. how you would intro it knowing as little as you did. <laughs> how uh, was I supposed to intro well, it? That was... I don't know because um, here's the thing. I texted Kevin the following on Sunday night and I knew this was late in my time but I was so amped. I was like I don't care if he's up. I want him to it's wake like up and know this. Central. Yes. You texted the, what? What did I text you? I texted you the following. Run, don't walk to your local red box when John Wick comes out on DVD. Do you know what you responded back to me with? I, I'm looking through the text right now. I was so tired. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No. This is how you can tell the difference in not only vocabulary, but um, film oh. aesthetic appreciation <laughs> that the I think is no better... Yeah. <laughs> uh, description of the differences between me and Kevin. How did you How did you respond to that text? I responded back, and I guess there was a few typos. The puppy Keanu one. You knew what I meant. <laughs> the best part is there's no typos. He actually got that one right. He's just being hyper self-conscious because it really, really, when he responded with that text to me, it showed me not just the simplicity of the human being I work with on a regular basis. Oh, I just figured out why I texted that. Why is that? The puppy Keanu one. <laughs> no, that is, there are no typos in that. Isn't the whole plot someone kills his puppy and he's super pissed? Yes, that is exactly the plot. And it is Keanu Reeves, so yes. I think I summed it up in a beautiful four words. Kind of, but it's also you not sure about it and you asking it an exclamation marked question of the puppy Keanu one. <laughs> you like, watch a lot of dumb shit in your spare time. That's part you. of your thing. No. You like to face, you live Facebook it, you live tweet it. It's amusing. No, it's a compliment, kind of. It's not a compliment. You watch a lot of dumb shit. You watch John Wick. I presume you don't text me frequently about what you watch. Like you text like one out of every 60, 70 things. So for you to text, it means you were profoundly moved by this movie. Yes. I 
well, because it's an amazing movie. And I went in with very low expectations. I heard there were some good ratings, but I, I think that I, like many kids who grew up with uh, the Stallone and Schwarzenegger kind of movies, uh, there's a missing component for action films, I think, that Acting. they've gotten... So- Shut up. <laughs> you don't know what a real action film is like, Kevin. This film, it really lets you know the kind of movie you're getting into when up top... Um, Kelly was watching with me and Kelly goes, I'm lost. What's happening? And I go, well, babe, um, somebody killed Keanu's dog and now he's seeking revenge by killing people. Oh yeah. He was a former hitman and his chick died (laughs) and she goes, Oh, okay. I just wanted to make sure I didn't miss any plot details. And I go, babe, this is the beauty of this movie. They care not for a plot. They just said, let's get straight to fighting. And that (laughs) is how magical this movie is. I was literally cheering at the TV screen for 90 minutes of yes more do you know what it was like to just yell generic statements like Keanu Reeves one of the world's finest actors wouldn't you say I would agree okay I am an FBI agent that's not bad I think normally when you're speaking like Keanu there's like a little bit of a like, all of your sentences have up inflections because you're not really sure where the question ends. Also seems like one of those celebrities that could kick your ass. Like, well, just seems like someone, like, I'm not scared of Brad Pitt. I'm taller than him. He's like 5'9". Oh, Brad I'm Pitt would scared of Keanu you, Reeves. He probably, but I'm saying, he like, would. my gut reaction is that I would fight Keanu Reeves. He would win. Keanu Reeves, though, you know, you give him credit because when he was doing the Matrix films, he actually learned a lot of Kung Fu. You know, they didn't just download it in a brain chip, and then he figured it out, like the movie said. Spoiler alert. He he spent his time. He paid his dues. And for this... Raph, um, I don't want to be on a podcast where you ruin the the ending to The Matrix. I'm not going to stand for it. I'm not going to hang out How many other do things it. don't you want to do in a podcast, Kevin? You've been very clear about all the <laughs> things that are deal breakers. That's number one through 15. <laughs> don't ruin the ending of The Matrix. And what's the or 16th? nuances of the scenes. <laughs> what's the 16th one? I'm so curious to hear what that is. I haven't developed it yet, but All right. as the list evolves. So, Kev, okay, it's uh, a style of a- uh, action in this movie that's called gun-fu. It's the most similar to the ones that you've seen in John Woo flicks, where there's a lot of highly Sa- choreographed... Sepins in John Wick? Yeah. Gun-woo. Gun-fu. Gun-fu. And uh, it's a genre of uh, film, and, you know, gun-fu, you know, they can... Be good movies, but this is an exceptional movie because it's actually directed by two stuntmen who, even though you want to say they don't give a shit about the script, they do it very knowingly. And so these stunt actors actually got on what's called the blacklist, which is uh, some of the best unproduced movies out there. And uh, what they do is they have people read it. And they end up saying, like, you have to make this movie. And some of them end up getting made, and this is one of them. And the reason why it was so cool is you had all these great supporting actors. John Logazamo's in it. You've got fucking William Dafoe is in it. Like, good actors, cool stuff, very minimal plot. But the fighting scenes, Kev, I cannot tell you how amazing they were. And let me tell you this. They actually used, and this is why we're talking about on the podcast, some Brazilian jiu-jitsu. No fucking way. And because like, these stunt uh, guys tra- actually tra- know what they're tra- doing, it's pretty impactful. Really? Yeah. No Bam Bam Bollinger by chance. 
Nah, you know, I, I don't want to speak ill of Bam Bam Bollinger or anything, but this is a high mark to hit because these stunt guys have been doing movies for a long time. So the chance where they finally get the opportunity to just go nuts, they really go for it in this movie. So uh, to our good friends who practice these martial arts, whatever have you, I can't recommend this movie enough. So when it does come out in two months, go get Rep, it. Craziest fight scene. Craziest. Like, what does someone jump backwards off a building? What's the craziest thing that happens? Um, somebody does get thrown off of one story. Perfect. And uh, just kind of plops down. I mean, when you're talking about this kind of action, everything happens so fast. And because Keanu is a willing participant, he's really game for doing most of his own stunts. He, uh, he reportedly did about 90% of his own stunts. And it shows because a lot of cool stuff happens in very continuous takes. So uh, I don't know, man. I, I just It's a movie that I challenge you, Kevin, to watch and not enjoy. I haven't had this kind of visceral action film enjoyment since the first Crank, which was amazing. No way. Well... Sounds like a four and a half star endorsement from uh, Rafa Sparza. Action film. Absolutely. Five star action. Good How man, sad is the puppy scene? You haven't addressed it. I don't want to talk about it with you. I don't think you're you're strong enough to get past it. I think. You How long is it? Like that's my problem with the movie. It's like it's hard to get behind a movie that starts by being like, you know, that thing you love. Mm, not so much. It's not long. Okay. Yeah, that's not an answer. Just also, it's hard because that's the whole reason why I think people identify with this movie so quickly. Because who kills a fucking puppy? That's just mean. Especially the puppy. Like, what bad luck? But you also know it's crazy when the whole movie hinges off of a crazy puppy. Puppy, yeah. So there's a great scene in there where somebody asks, they're like, and this is how you know stereotypical cliche uh, action scene movie kind of the stuff. Where they ask Keanu Reeves, they're like, I don't know, I heard a rumor that you might be back. And then you hear Keanu Reeves respond where he's like, you know, I've been hearing a lot about people saying, are you back? You know what? I think I might be. It's just so ridiculously amazing that it's like the kind of line that they make just for the trailer. And it is glorious to hear Keanu in his very whoa way. Uh, so you heard it here, Verbal Tap fans. Run. Don't walk to the theaters to see that puppy Keanu movie. <laughs> John Wick. Dumbest way you could have summed that up. I thought I nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We have a lot coming up. Obviously, we're going to talk about UFC 182. Okay. Cormier is fighting John Jones. <laughs> we're having that conversation. Yeah. We are also, this is special compliments to you, Tap Cancer Out's John Thomas is stopping by the podcast. Very excited. Super awesome. <laughs> okay, uh, let's get to this podcast. Alright guys, it's time for another pay-per-view, which means it's also time for another installment of Over Under Kevin. Kevin, how are you feeling this week? Uber confident, coming off a big win over someone who hasn't watched the UFC in seven years, Mick Millman. Big so when, win. When you say uber confident, does that mean uber. very confident or like you ordered a cab to help you get out of here? <laughs> it means, well, I, no, I'm uber confident. I'm feeling my German roots back okay. home, feeling uber confident. Okay. 
All right. My mom just silently raised the roof at that comment. Wow. You know, Kev, is your mom going to help you on this? Are you resorting to asking your mom for picks? That's none of your goddamn business how I make my picks, and I'll thank Don't you for you not asking me. Don't speak like ever. that in front of your mom? <laughs> she went into the kitchen, so I'm set now. Wow. I don't even know what's true anymore, Kevin, but you know, I do know one thing that is true. We have our friend Jim Lawson from the Warriors Club on the podcast here to challenge you this week. Jim, how are you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing well, and I have the inside track on this UFC card via Kevin's mother. (laughs) I was waiting to see if you were going to include Kevin's mother in there. That, man, Kev, what an inopportune time to have your mom. If I'm going to make the comments, yeah, it's a ping-pong of emotion for me. I'm prepared, (laughs) despite that rather sharp zinger, and I cannot wait. It was – I'm sorry, it was Jim Lawson from – the women's club? What was he from? It was... Yes, it's the Warriors Club, located in uh, beautiful downtown Burbank, 226 East Palm Avenue. Come visit. Kev, are you at all unnerved by the fact that he just took your diss and turned it into a plug like a, little a bit. champion? Yeah, but I got to stay focused on the prize, and the prize is picking fights. I'm not going to let Jim get in my head before we even start. I mean, picking fights is part of it, but talking shit is more important. So, like, he's ahead right now. Yeah, okay. Well, we're not keeping score on that yet. I am. Right. And you know what? He may get an extra free pick uh, based off of that because I make the rules here. Guys, let's go ahead and go straight into our game of Over Under Kevin. And now it's time for the thrilling installment of Over Under Kevin. So, uh, just to refresh some of you who are familiar with the rules, maybe some of you are not, uh, the way this works is we go all the way down the entire card, we do it randomly, we pick fights, each participant gets 15 seconds to say who they think is going to win, and if I so feel like it, they get rebuttal time. Uh, we do this all the way through. Jim, does this sound clear? Can you make picks in 15 seconds? Any rules, any time, any place, let's do this. Damn! Kevin, your response. All the rules, none of the time. Let's don't do this. I don't know. That came out as good as you thought it did. It was the exact opposite. I think people are going to reward the creativity. I'm, that's what I was hoping for. All right. Gentlemen, um, remember, I don't like a fair fight. Play dirty. Keep things uncivil. And uh, protect yourselves at all times. No groin shots. Lawson. <laughs> Why is that directed towards me? Already, already made a mom comment. I don't need any more. <laughs> okay, go. All right. We're going to start off with Kevin Phillips, who's going to start us in our first fight, which is a welterweight fight between Hector Lombard and Josh Berkman. 15 on the clock, go. Super stoked to see if Hector Lombard continues to pass the steroids test. Uh, if he does, that's what I'm going with. Show weather, Hector Lombard. All right, Jim, 15 on the clock for you. What do you think? Uh, Very good points made by my counterpart, Kevin. Uh, However, I think Josh Bergman is very seasoned, maybe not as athletic, but will be smart enough to take it into deep waters and then turn it up a notch. Okay. All right. Very nice. I like Jim got that exactly in on 15 seconds, whereas Kevin, you left three seconds of analysis time. You're welcome. (laughs) It's not a you're welcome. It's a he used better time management. How do you respond to that? I would say philosophers wrote things in quotations, so it's better to use brevity. For sure. Good point. Thank mm. you. Okay. Oh. 
All right, let's go over to Jim. Jim, uh, have you learned anything about your opponent yet? Like, you know, if this was a jiu-jitsu roll, where would you say Kevin's head is at? Uh, white belt, four stripes, solid. Ooh, Ooh. hey. <laughs> That's not bad. That's not bad. <laughs> At least you gave me the stripes. At least you gave me the stripes. But, like, not good enough to be advanced. Just, you know, right there. <laughs> In all fairness to Kevin, um, I did bounce uh, off of one of his uh, – analysis with the whole Hector Lombard stare. I think that's a very good point. That's solid. Mm, He's got yeah. inside scoop. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's keep this rolling. Gentlemen, we're going to go to our next fight. This one's going to be directed over to Jim. You've got 15 on the clock. I need you to tell me who's going to win the lightweight bout between Evan Dunham and Rodrigo. Damn, go. As much as I hate going against a guy named Rodrigo, damn, I'm going <laughs> Evan Dunham. He's got the height and the tenacity. Both of them have tenacity. Evan Dunham, height. Kev, 15 on the clock. Your response. Yao Ming's not going to come in and win the super heavyweight title, so I don't know what even that means. And Jim's forgetting that Bruce Buffer announces the winner. I want to hear him yell, Rodrigo, damn, for 27 seconds. Jim, are you feeling the missed opportunity in having uh, Bruce Buffer (laughs) yell out, damn, Gina, uh, or do you feel Kevin's just nonsensical with this? Man, he's flirting with Bluebell for sure. Solid point. (laughs) Flirt with things. Flirting with is so great. It's like the <laughs> mildest upgrade in history from four stripe to flirting with a. <laughs> it's not another stripe. It's just flirting. Sorry. For those MMA fans not accustomed to the jiu-jitsu ranking system, uh, sorry. Google it. There we go. Google we're covered. It. All right. We're good there. Um, all right, guys. We're going to go to our next fight. Kevin, you're going to lead us off on this one. It Damn is right. Marcus Brimage versus Cody Gabrant. Uh, yeah, I've been against the Bama Beast before. That was my mistake. Now, Cody's undefeated, but I'm going with Marcus, the Bama Beast, Brimage. Again, pending steroid approval. Big looking dude. Jim, do you feel we're getting too much insight into Kevin's jealousy of how other people are more built than he is? 15 on the clock, go. And who do you think will win? Physique. Um, I don't know what to think about the whole um, body structure um, angle. That's a tough one. But uh, I'm going to go with Cody actually on this one, because uh, the dude's never lost. Dude's never lost. He's never proven to me that uh, he will lose or it's in him to lose. So I'm going with Cody. Kevin, as someone who's in it to lose in yourself most of the time, uh, what insight can you provide for someone who's the opposite of you? Well, I can tell you this. I'm certainly not undefeated at over under Kevin, if that gives him the upper hand on analysis. That is true. Do you know your record? Uh, I think it's... Somewhere around 500? No, it's definitely more around the idea of uh, 3 and 10. Oh, that doesn't sound right. Oh, it is. It's just stats. It's Back stats. in the Midwest, I don't, I'm don't. i not assuaged by numbers or facts. That's Thank fair. You. Jim, when you see this and you, you hear Kevin responding, do you sense fear in his voice now? No, I, I sense a guy who's lost with no GPS and probably still uses Thomas Guide. <laughs> I would like to point out that right now, Kevin has tweeted to me, that's fair, because he didn't want to say that on the podcast. <laughs> uh, he's never actually done that. That's really good during Over Under. Kevin, you're getting under his skin, Jim. <laughs> that's great. All right, let's great. go to our next fight. It is a heavyweight bout, and uh, we're going to go straight back to Jim on this one. It is Sean Jordan versus Jared Carnier. Yeah, I'm going to go against my last methodology of uh, going for the undefeated fighter this time. I'm going, I'm going with Big Sean. 
Big Swan, Jordan, uh, former military guy. I believe he's going to have tenacity and the weight to um, pull this one out. Okay, Kev, 15, go. Um, I've been told to go with my instincts and reverse them. Thanks, James Coe. So my instincts also said that Jim Lawson's correct, Sean the Savage Jordan, but I'm going to go against them, and I'm picking the killer gorilla, Jared Cannonier. Can we have, okay, uh, 10 seconds to both of you on this one. We'll start with Kevin. The killer gorilla. Go. Yeah, well, first of all, my father, whom you all can't see, is doing a pretty killer killer gorilla impression right now. He's pantomiming it. And if they could see that, they would understand... I've made the clear choice. The spirit possesses you. The killer gorilla via knockout, second round. Okay, um, Jim, before we have you respond back to that, I'm actually going to give you 20 seconds to answer the following question. Killer gorilla, question mark, and also, do you think Kevin has an unfair advantage of now performing in front of his parents who are consistently disappointed in him? Do you feel that they, he's something he's just used to all this time? 20 on the clock, go. Yes, I think um, a whole lifelong of... Um, um, letting people down in his own family has really bred this whole environment and culture of picking wrong and being comfortable with it, just sitting mm. in the pocket and writing this out. So um, much kudos to my adversary on that, and uh, Sean Jordan still for the win. Well done. That was actually done perfectly. Objection. That has never been a topic before, what? ever. What has not been a over topic? Under Kevin. Whatever what? that question was, that felt what? a little insider prompt. What do you mean? Just a lot of objection. Noted, for the record. Overruled. We're going to our next fight. Kevin, you're going to start us off on this one. It is Brad Tavares. This is Nate Marquardt. Go. I cannot believe Nate the Great Marquardt is not retired. Was sure he had either gone to Ireland to fight some sort of war or was retired. I'm going with Brad Tavares because i got to see somebody knock off the literal cobwebs before I'm going to pick him in a fight. Jim, same question to you. You know, Kevin has a lot of insight, and uh, I'm going to have to agree with him on this. Pending uh, Nate Marquardt's um, drug test, and that he passes and makes it into the octagon this time. So, Brad Tavares for the W. 52 times. 36, 13, and 2 as a professional. That's insane. That's so many fights. Hey, Kev, what does that add up to? 51. <laughs> 51. <laughs> Would be the number. I'm so proud of. You. I love the idea that you really. I, I was like, Kevin's never had to do math on here. This is going to be great. Let's have him do this all the time. This is a way better show. I um. I, I thank you for not asking me. I don't have that many fingers. Well, that's probably a good thing. You don't have that many fingers, guys. I yeah. am so excited for this next fight, Jim. I need you to talk us through this one, and this will actually get 20 seconds on the clock because it is a lightweight fight between Donald. So Rone versus Miles Jury. Oh man, a classic old school versus new school type of matchup. Um, but the new school is not so new. Uh, Miles Jury's been around, and he is one tough sob. But um, his opponent Donald Cerrone, they don't make him much tougher than him either. This dude likes to scrap. He's been looking phenomenal in his last couple fights. Uh, I'm going. I'm, I'm riding the cowboy train. Okay, that okay. didn't sound right. It didn't. Ooh. It didn't. But, uh, you know, we're, we're just going to brush it under the rug. We're going to keep going. Uh, Kev, your thoughts? I guess I'm also riding the cowboy train. Wow, doubling down. I don't know how to pick. You can't pick against Donald Cerrone right now. Can't. Kev, since you've got some time left, let me ask you this. What do you think 
is a way to stop Don Cerrone. We've seen it happen, but not often. How do you stop someone that impressive in the octagon? I think you got to get him on the ground, and you got to get him on his back. I just haven't seen anyone do it. That's I sure don't want to strike with him the way he's fighting, and I don't want to be up against the cage with him. So I, I'm going to get him on his back. Jim, same question to you. Yeah, um... I don't know, man. Donald's actually pretty good off of his back. He he's finished opponents from his back before, and uh, you know, uh, not everyone's built or fights like Nate Diaz, but I think that's the template of uh, just a stick and move, stick and move, and uh, just try to stay out of his range. Man, Easier ooh. said than done. No kidding. First time Nate Diaz was used as a positive reference in just a little while. I like it. But all right, moving on. Next oh. fight <laughs> is a welterweight fight between Omari. Akimadov and Matt Nilsson, which is the worst named bout on the fight. Uh, we'll go ahead and have uh, Jim start us off on this one. Yeah, let's go with. Uh, I don't really know much about these guys, but uh, uh, was was Matt Nilsson on the uh, the Ultimate Fighter show? Uh, okay, wait, maybe I'm not allowed to for reference on my picks, but um, I think he was. I'm not sure. Let's just do it, Matt. He has Matt's in his name. He has Matt's name. How do you vote against that? Kevin, yeah. do you vote against that? Absolutely. I don't think Matt's Nielsen. First of all, the other guy's at least got a nickname and clearly just got out of some Greek prison. Prison. I'm going with prison. Omari. <laughs> I, don't I don't understand his nickname. Lakek. L-A-K-E-C. Akhmedov. Prison. Yeah. Prison, everybody. Man, that's so good. I want to stay on that for a second, but I'm not. I'm struggling to talk. Prison I don't, is... <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Guys, our next fight is a women's bantamweight fight. Kev, you're going to lead us off on this one. It is Alexi DeFrance versus Marion Renew. Happy to lead it off. It's the lead-off to the fight. Uh, Alexis DeFrance's nickname is the Sneaky Zebra. I don't know what that is, but I desperately want to hear it said aloud by a professional announcer. announcer. Alexis Dufrenzi, Sneaky Zebra for the Pridgen. picture. Pridgen. Uh, Jim, your thoughts? I could, couldn't agree more. Uh, Alexis Dufrenzi for uh, the Sneaky Zebra type of win, whatever that means. I, You know, okay, Kev, I'm going to give you 10 seconds on the clock to just elaborate what you think a Sneaky Zebra is. <laughs> I guess I think it's one of those slippery bastards that keeps hanging out towards, like, the non-lion end of the pack. Okay. That motherfucker is one sneaky zebra. Jim, uh, any other insight as to what a sneaky zebra may or may not be? You know, it, it just sounds like some sort of perverted move that I'm out of the loop on, like, you know, along the lines of donkey punch or something, or or dirty Sanchez. Have you ever been sneaky zebra? It's like, it, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All right. I think that's about as good as an analysis as we could have gotten from that fight. Guys, we're going to our next fight, which is a flight weight category. It is uh, Jim starting us off with the matchup between Kyoji Hiroguchi and Luis Gurinat. This one's going to be fun. Um, I'm, I'm going for uh, Luis Gurinat because um, he, he tends to color his hair and um, – Guys who tend to color their hair, man, they they go for it. So uh, let's do it. Hmm. Just featherweight, yeah. Just Hold featherweight. On. Is that what? the whole? 
it was <laughs> super lightweight. Or it was like <laughs> Kevin has never talked to me more behind the scenes ever in a game of over under Kevin. I I have no idea what you're doing to him mentally, Jim. But uh, Kevin, do you care to share? What uh, uh, I can't share it out loud. Oh, no, you can't share it out loud. Talking into yeah, Kevin. Public what are you gonna say, Kevin? Jim, do you want to hear what uh, insight Kevin had right here? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, this is the the message Kevin sends to me. Sneaky zebra <laughs> equals surprise fisting from someone of a different race, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to respond, and I'll give you fifteen seconds, and then we'll go to your pick. I mean, if you just think about the logistics, they're uh, they're, they're punchers, and you know, um, multi multicolored. Oh yeah, that 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 sounds very logical. Thank you. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and remind everybody. If you'd like to reach Kevin, you can go ahead and tweet at him at Phillips Kevin. Don't give out my Twitter handle. You know what that does. I do know, you what, know that what that does. I do, and I think it's only fair. So let's put 15 on the clock for you to give it a pick. Go for it. Uh, who did he go with? Oh, good night for coloring his hair. Yeah, Videl says soon is also refereeing this. Hayoji Horiguchi. Um, he just has a menacing look and a young menacing look. Ranked 11th for a reason. He's 14 and 1. Of course, I'm going with Horiguchi. All right. So, Jim, it's about this time that I like to tell people uh, on this game, it's it's more than just a pride kind of uh, wager that we have here. We always like to put some kind of stipulation or a bet between you and Kevin. Uh, Kev, do you want to give some examples of what kind of wagers you've lost? Yeah, I've had to write a song. Uh, I've had to change my Twitter handle to James D. Coe is the man and tweet out with him being the man all on my Twitter handle. Uh, what else? You had to dress up as Uriah Faber. I had to dress up as Uriah Faber and make that my profile picture once. So those are some of the bets that we've had in the past. Uh, we have two more to go over, so uh, you've got some time to think about it. But just start elaborating. Just You don't have to tell us what it is, but do you have any idea on where you'd like to go on a bet with Kevin? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. He is ready, Kevin. I'm nervous. So, yeah. <laughs> Let's go to our next fight. And, uh, Kev, you're going to lead us off on this one. It is a lightweight bout between Danny Castillo versus Paul Felder. Actually really excited about this fight. Uh, Danny Castillo is coming on a tear, 17-7, huge striker. But I'm going to go with Paul, the Irish Dragon Felder, like his reach advantage. And at 155, he's a big, mean dude. He's also translucent. He's a see-through human being. So they could have saved on the Irish part. We could have figured that out. We could have gotten that one on our own. Jim, what do you think? I agree with Kevin on the excitement factor of this fight. Danny Castillo is always finding himself in an exciting fight. However, I will pick Danny Castillo for a third-round submission. Ooh. Going the extra mile to tell us how it's going to end, too, Kevin. And not just any submission. We're talking a third round. Like, Kevin thinks he's going to win and ends up losing in the end kind of a submission. Kevin, what do you think? I actually really like Danny Castillo to, to be a contender here, but not in the grappling game. So let's be... Let's break. Well, unless he knows something about Danny Castillo, I don't know about his grappling game. He might. 
Hold on, Jim. Do you know something about dating? Because Joe's well, grandpa. I was came? actually. Let me go ahead and put fifteen on the clock. Uh, Jim is a black belt who actually knows what they're talking about. Um, what kind of insight do you have for, on him? Um, nothing more than what uh, Kevin's mom told me. <laughs> what did I say about the gloves? Keep them up. Oh, it was an accident. It was an accident. <laughs> Subtract a point, please, ref. I'm going to add a point. Oh, may, if he gets one wrong, I may just actually null and void it. <laughs> this has been very lively, and I'm excited to hear this. You know, normally I give 20 seconds for the final fight, but I'm so intrigued to hear what both of you think about our light heavyweight championship bout. I'm putting an unheard of 30 seconds on the clock. No way. 30 seconds. Whoa. So Whoa. Don't fuck Rock. this up. Slow down. Both of you guys, I'm counting on you to bring it on your analysis and your shit talking. And Kevin, we're going to start with you. I'm going with John Bones Jones. Because first of all, I'm obviously a risk taker. Uh, Second of all, he hasn't been motivated in a while. He finally seems motivated. He seemed so apathetic until he lost Nike. He became a little villainous. I'm excited to see him embrace that role. I think he's got a few LeBron and Miami years left in him. I think he's going to win this fight via some very serious distance keeping, which is going to make it a decision. You think he's going to win by decision? I do. Okay. All right, Jim. I think John Jones is uh, very menacing and villainous uh, ever since Nike dropped him, and he is now a Reebok man. So um, we may see a John Jones we've never seen before, arguably one of the greatest fighter who's, fighters who's ever done this sport. Um, very creative, very masterful at distance management. However, like Daniel said, that John Jones best, unfortunately, his sad reality won't be good enough to keep Cromier off of him. So Cromier by, um, let's say, fourth round knockout. Fourth Ooh, round knockout. I like that pick. Wow. I like okay. that pick. Okay, Kev, uh, real quick. Kev? Yes. Hey, Pussy, you there? Yes. Oh, there, Pussy? What is this? Hey, you know I'm going to kill you, right? <laughs> I guess. Is this a wick thing? <laughs> is this where we're going? Oh, no. <clears throat> so this, sometimes the, we give Kevin homework on the show, and sometimes Kevin the doesn't. Cormier, this homework. is the John Jones Cormier thing. Yeah, Kevin. Way to keep up with the rest of us. Uh, Jim, I'm going to give you just 20 seconds to talk about Kevin's ineptitude of knowing the best promo ever cut unintentionally on air. Yes, the best sports promo of all time, unintentional. That was awesome. Um, they were off air on uh, in between ESPN interviews, and then John Jones refers to Daniel Cromier. Hey, pussy, you there? They just start trash talking. Man, this is you can't script write this stuff. I actually do know what you're talking about now. They showed this at the uh, last UFC we watched when I was in L.A. This yep. is uh, – okay, Jim, I'm curious. Raph, you too. I want to know this. Do you guys like John Jones less because of that or where are you at? Uh, no, he, he basically confirmed what I think a lot of people already think about yeah, him. Yeah, I've always thought he's so, kind of a douche but just in an awesome yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, can you elaborate he's one of the greatest Kevin? douches of all time. Yeah, he's a phenomenal life. fighter, but he's intense as fuck. He's got like a little bit of Kobe syndrome, and I think you need that to be great at what he does. I just also <clears> think he's kind of a 
I mean, he's a playboy. Like he got the best kept secret about when he wrecked that car, drunk, is that he had two girls in the car with him. It was like, where were they headed? There's a lot of. He was giving them a ride home, Kevin. I'm sure he was. He was like, hey, you're too drunk to drive. I'm. Obviously, also too drunk to drive, but I'm, I'm a, gentleman. a good Samaritan. Where I'm from, gentlemen drive. I have a Nike endorsement deal that I'm going to lose in four years' time. <laughs> I uh, just, uh, you know, I've I figured, only had of course, that's how John drinks. I am a okay to drive. Don't worry about it. I got. I this. do think this is the best UFC fight in a, a while. This is it. This is now, awesome. Okay, so Kevin, you you now are up to speed about the uh, infamous. Trash talking between John Jones and Daniel Cormier. Uh, when that did happen, though, the UFC ended up using that footage as a promo tool while also fining the two guys involved in it. Do you think that's bullshit or do you think that's only helping to get us more interested in the fight? <laughs> you already know my opinions on the UFC's bullshit. That's bullshit. They're just trying to keep it ratcheted up. They named it Bad Blood for fuck's sake. Like, obviously, they're doing everything they can to turn that. There's a scandal. This is crazy. You've got to tune in. Um, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, getting, getting a little serious here, I, I think it is important that they were fined to send a message. I mean, these are fighters, and it's not out of the question that something like this would not happen again. they they got to put a stop to that and understand that that's just not cool. You can't do that because this is a business. Now, because it is the fight game, it did happen, and um, this time it's real. I mean, they, they try to play play uh, hate uh, each other leading into a fight, but now it, it seems to have a little touch of realness to it, and uh, you'd be foolish in the fight game to not use that. But uh, I think it, I think that the fine was necessary, and then the businesses have also spoken by pulling their um, sponsorships of John Jones. Agreed, and, by the know, way. You know, you may suck yeah. at picking fights, Jim. I may well, have just owned you at Over Under Kevin, but that was a very good point. But two things. John Jones says that he didn't lose his sponsorship because of that tussle. He actually went on record as saying that. But he also, under oath, said he lost his sponsorship because of the tussle. Is there something about John Jones not only just being a heel, but that we learn more about him and that more and more people don't like him? Because Kevin alluded to the fact that John Jones went heel once he lost his sponsorship. I think John Jones has been heel for a while and is now just more embracing it. I think there is a little bit of that embracing going on. I don't think he's a heel on purpose. I honestly think that um, we're looking at a, a very young, brash, immature young man. I mean, some of the things he says is, I think he's very immature and it, it's just on showcase for us all to see. That's all. Okay. All right. Well, you know what, guys? I'm excited for this fight. I will tell you, I was excited before any of the audio was released and uh, though I, I would say the smart money is obviously on John Jones, I gotta admit, kind of rooting DC here on this one. I am a little bit too. I am a little bit too. I'm just a little bit rooting for Daniel Cormier. Kev, you know, um, I'm not sure if Jim knows this. Uh, I didn't want to put him on the spot, but I think we have DC on the line. Do you mind? I have to get uh, off. In no, order of to course. I'd on. love to. Yeah, I'm sure Jim and I would love to talk quick? to him. Okay, I'm going to yeah. get off. Okay. Yeah, please. Obviously, I'll dump you. Hold on. I'm making the switch. And ladies and gentlemen, Daniel Cormier, are you excited to fight John Jones Saturday? Man, I'm 
am so excited that I am just sitting here and I am rhyming and I remember that I was born in the South and I think that means that I'm going to kick his ass. Yeah, obviously. How are you going to kick his ass? He's super well, tall. Well, okay, okay. But um, the thing you have to know is I'm, I'm from the South and I do a lot of wrestling, so... Yeah. That. Oh, okay. I have Jim Lawson <laughs> on Black Belt. Hey, DC, it's a pleasure. This yeah, is DC, no. right? Mr. Cromier? Gotcha. It's a yeah, pleasure. Okay, uh, you know, I, I can barely hear you because I'm usually just shouting so much when I'm talking that, um, I don't know, but I'm going to say something country right now. Now, I know that John Jones is meaner than a wet panther in the summer, but I'll tell you, I got a real bird in my saddle, and I'm not waiting until I become the and new. Gentlemen. Perfect. All right. Well, Daniel, good luck. Close the distance, buddy. Show us some jiu-jitsu. Yeah, okay. That's a great and original idea. Thanks, non-expert at jiu-jitsu, Kevin Phillips. All right, everybody. Thanks so much. I uh, appreciate being here. Bye. Oh, thanks, Daniel. Ladies and gentlemen, Daniel Cormier. Always great when the champs can stop by and discuss some things with us. Uh, or trying to be jams. Rap, are you back? Yes, I am. How did that go? Great. Excellent. He needs to work on a little bit of the bass in his voice that you kind of hear when he's on television, but you know, he's trading. So. Oh, I'm sorry. It sounded like you were giving people. A- no, 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 that's yeah. not what it was. That's absolutely hey, not. What it was. Yeah. Hey guys, you mind if I butt in for a second? Yeah, go oh, ahead. Geez. What's up, Jim? I don't, I, I, I don't think that was Daniel Cormier. <laughs> Jim's just high wow. again okay. out there in California. Wow. You know, how it is. you know, it's funny, <laughs> I mean, Jim, I know you've done a podcast before and, uh, man, I just, I thought you were, a good producer too, but you clearly don't have the ear for it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Okay. Everyone listening to this podcast is cheering for Jim right now. They're like, Absolutely. no, he's right. But the two of them shut up. Uh, I'm right. excited for this fights. Jim Lawson, a worthy opponent, Raph. Thank you for bringing someone that was at least, you know, well, mildly let's do this, competent. Gents. Let's talk who you think performance of the night and uh, what is it? Fight of the night. So there's two performances of the night and a fight of the night. Uh, we'll start over with Jim. Jim. Uh, DC for for taking down the king. Okay. Yeah. So DC gets one of the performances of the night. Oh, and DC. fight of the night. I mean, that's going to be spectacular. Uh, I mean, do I need? Do I have to pick two fights? Uh, well, it's it's so okay. That's going to be fight of the night. Then DC's one of the performances of the nights. They usually give out two performances of the night. So, is there another individual you think is going to be recognized? Uh, yeah, let's go with um, let's go for Evan Dunham. Okay, because why not? Uh, I'm going with uh, Cerrone Yuri fight of the night. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give Jones a performance of the night. And I'm going to give Lombard a performance of the night. Interesting. On I don't steroids, oh, but no. yeah, I'm going to give it six in reversing them. You got two. Okay. Bonus. I'm playing the odds here. It's also important <laughs> to note I'm three and ten. So, <laughs> so you know, Jim, uh, we always defer to our guest on this one. So we're going to ask you. We asked you a little earlier to think of the wager. Do you have a wager or a bet in mind for Kevin? Oh, oh, yeah. You know what? I, I did. And, um, uh, yeah, the, the the first thing that just came to mind is uh, when I win this competition here, uh, Kevin will be inclined and, uh, and happy and obligated to uh, mention the Warriors Club on the next 
free podcasts. That's actually and not I'm bad. A subscriber. I can do that. I can do that. Yeah, I'll plug the hell in out of it. Positive, hey, in a positive light too, Kevin. Don't get slick. Oh, Don't get slick. Yeah. Don't get slick. <laughs> written down. I got my yeah. ass handed to me by the Warriors Club. There you go. Boom. Uh, that's pretty good. I, I we can definitely make that happen. You know, yeah. not even three podcasts. Let's make it five, Jim. Oh snap, son! That's how oh, confident I am. I'll win. I'm not All right, Kevin. Now, what is, Kevin, what is your your counter to him? I want a Warriors Club shirt. Oh, oh, done, done. Boom! Got it. All right. I win shirt. <laughs> I win shirt. Good job. You don't win articles, though, apparently. It was I win dot, dot, dot shirt. I just didn't want to wait the whole time to punctuate it. No, that's okay. You didn't want to show you had a very strong command of the English language. I understand. Kevin win shirt. (laughs) I don't like either of you guys. I don't like either of you, if you want the truth. Kevin win shirt is the best hashtag if he ends up winning this piece of shit. Uh I will tell you this much, Jim. You are a great sport. Um, people, where can they go find you if they are, A, interested in uh, your podcast or listening in or going to train with you? Where can they find out more information? Thank you for asking, Ross. They can find me at www.thewarriorsclub.com. And on that site, you will find the new schedule and the new location of our beautiful new program in downtown Burbank, located at... 226 East Palm Avenue in the heart of the media capital of the world, downtown Burbank, California. Come check it out. And you can uh, go ahead and uh, friend us and subscribe to our Twitter account at thewarriorsclub.com. Love it. Jim, I, I am owed an opportunity to have you beat the crap out of me, so I will be attending that once you get that up and operational next week. I'm really looking forward to it. think it's really, really great. Uh, Kev, do you have any final words to your opponent here? Yeah, nice website, loser. Ooh. <laughs> oh, and may I add one last thing that uh, when they do, when people do come in to train with us, there is an outside chance that Daniel Cormier himself will be in there training the jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's a very outside opportunity. I think DC is only limited to appearances on the podcast, though. If I'm so well-informed as the good producers I am. Jim, it is always a blast to have you on. Uh, So let's get you back on next week and see how everything uh, turns out on this, man. Can't wait. Guys, have a happy new year. Enjoy the fights, and and thanks again for the opportunity. Same to you, buddy. You have a good one. Verbal Tap fans, we've been wanting to talk to John Thomas from Tap Cancer Out for a long time. I don't know how Raph finally finagled or crossed the wires to get him to come onto the show. But here from Tap Cancer Out, if you don't know their story, um, really cool stuff. Basically, John noticed a need for philanthropy within the jiu-jitsu community started hosting tournaments raising money um and from what we gather it started a, a lot smaller and blew up on him quick john how are you doing this evening i'm doing very well thanks for having me i appreciate it first obvious question what technique do we use to tap cancer out most ef- effectively i guess <laughs> well, is it I'm a, a kimura uh, so no no i'm i'm uh, a tall skinny guy so i like uh you know, get in the back, the bow and arrow chokes, the uh, oh, triangles, okay. uh, that sort of stuff. He's a tall, skinny guy. Yeah. Don't Noted. let John get my back. Yeah, I just <laughs> I wrote down the positions in the podcast document. Don't worry. Thank you. you oh, it. perfect. Perfect. Noted. 
Yep, noted. Uh, John, you have a tournament coming up, which we're going to talk to you about a ton of stuff. But right off the bat, January 17th, University of San Diego. Really cool stuff. Yeah, that's good. So this is the, you know, we're a Northeastern organization, and we've sort of been bound by uh, the the physical limitations of sort of driving our mats around. Um, yeah. So we've only hosted tournaments up in Connecticut and Massachusetts, and we're finally – uh, making it out to the West Coast, uh, literally where the idea was born in an auditorium in San Diego. Um, and so we're really, really excited to actually be hosting a tournament in San Diego, one of arguably the top three uh, meccas of jiu-jitsu. And, um, you know, we've had a lot of West Coast fans supporting us for a long time, and I've never really been able to offer them anything uh as far as tournaments. So um, we've had a lot of help from a lot of different um, uh, vendors and organizations that will allow us to bring our tournament out there. Um, And uh, we're really excited for it. And John, before we go any further, you said the idea, is it for the tournaments or for Tap Cancer Out completely originated in San Diego? Talk to us about that. (laughs) So uh, in 2010, I actually uh, attended an event called the Classy Awards. Classy.org is a uh, nonprofit um, fundraising software platform, which is actually what we use to empower our uh, fundraisers um, to, they can set up a page. It's very similar to to GoFundMe and and things like that, but specific to nonprofits, you have to be a 501c3 organization or at least uh, with a pending application to to be part of this. Um, But they hosted what are called the Classy Awards. It's really the, the Oscars of philanthropy um and i was there uh, a good friend from high school pat walsh started the organization a number of years ago um and i was just there to support him uh the first year and hang out at the after party which i was super excited for um (laughs) and i was uh listening to all these people talk and uh talk about uh how they have dedicated their lives to changing the world and how they've left their jobs um, to build schools in Tanzania and how they've gotten out of the military and then um, uh, become part of organizations that go and help uh, places that are affected by natural disasters and um, how other guys just sort of came up with ideas while, um, you know, having some beers and turn that uh, into ideas like Movember. And I sort of looked at myself and was like, boy, I'm not really doing anything, and this is making me feel really uncomfortable. Um, so I sort of challenged myself and said, you know, what what can I do? Like, where is there a niche? What like what do I love? What do I hate? Um, and I loved Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I had been training for two years at that point, um, and I knew I hated cancer and, and had been affected by it uh, on a number of occasions. Not me personally, my own body, but my uh, close family members. So um, I decided. Uh, to create this idea called Tap Cancer Out. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't know what it was. All I had was a name. I literally, I ran up by my buddy uh, the next morning and uh, said, I have an idea. It's Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. We're going to stop. We're going to end cancer. Um, And I got a name, Tap Cancer Out. What do you think? (laughs) He's like, love it. Love it. (laughs) So the name... 
I didn't. The name yeah. came quick. Yeah, the name came quick, uh, and that's all I had. And but I was like, you know what? Whatever. I'll figure it out. I'll fail fast. I'll <laughs> screw up a million times, but ultimately, I'll figure it out. And uh, much like jujitsu you know, in itself. Yes. Yeah. Oh, very much so. Sort of when you walk in, and you're like, oh shit, I I made the. Uh, the the wrong decision here. I'm way out of my league. And I'm underwater. And I don't know how to swim. Uh, yeah, very much as far as starting a nonprofit. So um, I came. That was in San Diego. So really happy to finally bring it back there. Wow. Presumably, so- less people wanted to choke you for starting the nonprofit, though. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. That's good Indeed. to know. It's good to hear. That's inspiring. So as you're kicking it off, and it has a, you know a sad start, but a huge amount of happiness since talk to us about just give us the, the three year. What's it feel like to start with a sort of regional idea that kind of happens. And I love that tab cancer out happened so quickly. I'm surprised sometimes the name's hard. Um, what happens in the next three years to grow it into this huge thing? Uh, well, you know, we spent 2010 just sort of figuring things out, not really announcing it to anybody, but sort of seeing who would like to be involved, like how, what idea, what our idea was going to be. Um, we had to apply for the, you know, the 501c3 designation, which took uh, about a year. It's, it's a really long process. Um, and uh, we had some shirts designed and, uh, you know, logo, all that stuff. So we spent almost uh, all of 2010 and, and a good uh, bit of 2011 doing that. Then we started to, uh, figure out, you know, how are we going to make this happen? Is it, do we go to tournaments and set up tables and like try to sell some t-shirts and accept donations? And, and we did that. Um, but it didn't really work that well. So, um, I was still searching for ideas and I, and, and I had actually done something called team and training with a leukemia lymphoma society in order to run a half marathon. Um, which was something daunting uh, to me. I did this in 2007, and the idea was uh, the Leukemia Lymphoma Society, as long as you fundraise a certain amount, um, they would pay for your entry to the race. They would pay for your hotel room uh, the night before. They would uh, set you up with the whole team dinner the night before, and uh, there was this whole literal team and training along the way to get you from um, you know, running uh, one mile max uh, to ultimately uh, getting up to being able to run 13 miles and you could train with all these people. And it was a really cool idea. And I thought, you know, why can't we apply this idea to jujitsu and people can fundraise and get a free entry to tournaments because tournaments are very cost prohibitive. Brazilian jujitsu tournaments, they're upwards of $100. You can show up. You can shoot in uh, for a double egg, get caught in the guillotine, and you're tapping out within 10 seconds, and you're like, um, where did my 100 bucks just go? And uh, you're going home upset, you know? And Not only I'm can you, John, obviously. I've done it. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, obviously that comes from experience. So, um, you know, why not give them a way to compete for free and, you know, raise money for a great cause and earn, you know, T-shirts and rash guards and things like that. So, I didn't really know how to run a tournament either, but I figured, you know, I'll just sort of figure it out along the way. I have, I, you know, um, my instructor, Luigi Mandelli from American Top Team Connecticut, he was uh, huge in uh, in helping me learn how to run a tournament because he'd run a bunch before and even everything down to he brought the scoreboard. Like, I didn't have anything. And 
we were able to get wrestling mats from uh, the high school. And I, I don't know how we pulled it off, but we pulled it off. And that was in the spring of 2012. We hosted our first tournament. Um, it was awesome. And I was like, we have to do this more. We got to find other places to do it. Um, so we held it in the same high school uh, in 2013. And we found another high school in um, Massachusetts to host a tournament. So we hosted two more in 2013. Um and then in 2014, uh, we hosted two more in the same place, and then and we worked really hard to secure um, a, tournament, a, a tournament outside of the Northeast, and we weren't able to squeak it in the 2014 calendar nearly, um, uh, so it'll be 2015, but uh, yeah, so January close. 17th, we're finally getting out of the Northeast, and uh, we're looking to do a, a tournament in Canada, hopefully, in uh, 2015 as well. We have some contacts up there, so... Uh, we're sort of growing, and it's funny when you apply for a 501c3, you have to plot out the next three years of like revenues and how much you're going to donate and all that stuff. And um, I put like this unbelievably aggressive goal um, over the, the our first three years. Um, you know, and my friend Pat from Classy.org uh, was instructing me on sort of how to do this and. Um, you know, he's like, it's not that big of a deal if you don't hit it. You know, they're not like holding you to this and you'll lose your 501c3 status if you don't do this. I'm like, okay. So I had these crazy goals and I thought, you know, within three years we were going to be able to donate 100000 which was insane. I was hoping to donate like 5000 in our first year. Um, and in 2012, uh, we donated 26000 to the Leukemia Society. In 2013, we donated sixty. Um, which uh, a portion of that was for the Connecticut uh, chapter, and a portion of that was for the Massachusetts, because we hosted tournaments in both those areas. And Damn. Uh, in St. Baldrick's um, this year, we're going to uh, give a hundred thousand dollars to them. So it's like we've hit we hit those insane goals that I never thought were possible, and it's not because of me; it's because of everybody else who you know has done all the work and doing the fundraising and um, helping us out in so many different ways and all the vendors. I could talk for days about the different vendors like BJJHQ who um, have allowed us to sell our stuff on their you know daily deal site and that that we were able to sell $34,000 in merchandise sales just this year alone in two days for our white yeah, and our black You had the gi. And they give us... That, yeah. There was a gi on there that yeah. my, uh, one of my training partners bought and it, we were just it's beautiful. Very yes, pretty. Uh, we worked. We worked with Inverted Gear. Uh, uh, Nelson and Hillary at Inverted Gear. They helped us design the gi, and they helped us get it all produced and shipped and all that stuff. And um, and uh, we were able to sell those for a day on BJJHQ, and they have massive reach in the jiu-jitsu community as well. And um, they they just put up our stuff and everything that they sold. They sent us all the money minus you know the shipping costs. So. Um, it was pretty incredible because we don't have that kind of reach right now, and they don't. And if they give, if they give us a day of their sales, that's one day less sales for them. You know, that's a day that they're not making any money, so they don't have to do that. And they did it, and so it was uh, it was really incredible. I actually went up to their headquarters today to, to have lunch with them. And, and wait, thank you them went to and, the HQ? Um, I went to the BJJ HQ HQ. Holy shit! It's very meta. I know. Oh right? my god! Is there like a <laughs> scanner at the door? Was yeah. Uh, no, it's it's pretty humble actually. Okay. But is uh, it like really impressive? Willy Wonka's well. Chocolate Factory only for <laughs> Jitsu stuff. That's what we imagine. Yeah. 
just these massive aisles of gear of every oh brand God. imaginable. <laughs> um, it's like it's literally a kid in a candy store. I was just like reaching for stuff and like seeing if <laughs> Alberto would make me put it back. And you know, I was like, oh, this is a cool patch, right? And so I was slipping into my pocket. Yeah, it, it's it's amazing. Yeah, it's uh, incredible how much stuff they have going through there. We're huge fans. They've they've done great things uh, for the community. They're they're good friends of the podcast as well. I, I got to ask you this. So you know, there's so many tournaments that go on. Uh, you know, the good news is you're starting the year off. So pitch it to us. You know, we've got a lot of people here on the West Coast who listen to this. What's a good reason to come do the tournament? You know, sell us. This is this is your opportunity to get people. No problem. There uh, there are a lot of reasons, and I'm a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu competitor as well. I just got my brown belt. I've been doing this since uh, 2008. So thank you. So I know what it's like to go to these tournaments. I've been to every single kind of tournament there has been, except for the world. Um, And I have experienced the ups and downs of tournaments. And I I told myself when I was going to host my own tournament, I was like, Try to learn from the mistakes and the things that you hated about other tournaments and make sure they don't happen at your own and make sure that it's all about the experience and not about the profit. And, um, you know, the first thing, it costs a lot to go to tournaments. And so because we have the luxury of uh, amazing people fundraising on our behalf, I don't have to gouge people with prices. So if you're not fundraising and you still want to come to our tournament, that's perfectly fine. You can pay $50 for one division or $70 for two, um, which is, you know, $30, $40, $50 less than you're going to pay anywhere else. No, that's um, not bad at all. We, yeah, we hire all IBJJF referees, so we're not just, you know, um, grabbing some purple belt who just finished competing and throwing him out there to, to rep your match, and he's not really paying attention. He's only thinking about lunch. You know, um, I, like, because I've been screwed by bad refs, so I make sure we have great refs. Um, I hate the tournaments where it's a cattle call and you have to wait for your name to be called and then run up with your card and then they bracket you there and it takes forever and, and you, you know, you're, the divisions are four hours late and you don't know where you're going or what mat you're going to be on and it's crazy and insane and you spend more energy worrying about your ring assignment and when you're going to go than actually your upcoming fight. So we do pre-registration only. We bring uh, the folks in from Mataleao who have uh, their own um, bracketing software and we hire a company to do all of our bracketing and uh, all the brackets are set before you get there um, and it's it's organized and we run on time on schedule uh, we've never been late in, in the, the four or five tournaments I don't even know how many tournaments Raf, did he just say a jiu-jitsu Sorry. tournament no, no, no. that's never been never late? Run late. Ne- I, I apologize the first tournament we didn't do pre-registration only and it was a nightmare. And we started off 40 minutes late. We ended on time. But I said, never again. I, I, don't, I felt so bad that people had to wait even just 40 minutes in the, in the morning uh, for us to get started because I was literally writing the brackets out by hand. I said, never again. And that's when we started doing pre-registration only. And that's when we hired. I'll let you uh, know something, though, John. So uh, that I, I think there are people who would give their left leg to only wait 40 minutes for a tournament. <laughs> so... I don't know that you're really I know. Yeah. Uh, harming things well, too bad. And I'm hard on myself because I, I really pride ourselves in the, the tournament experience. 
Uh, and two other things, so I'm not too long-winded. I don't really like the whole uh, weigh-in right before your match thing because I've gone out onto that mat emaciated and um, thirsty and hungry and cramped up and had a horrible match. Um, we don't have the luxury of doing day before weigh-ins just because of how long it takes us to set up and all that stuff. But as soon as you get to uh, the venue, we open our doors at 8 o'clock. As soon as you get there, you can weigh in without the gi. We still use IBJJF weights. They're, they're adjusted a little bit for the women, um, but I think they're spot on for the men. Um, and then you, can, you come in in the morning, you weigh in, and you've weighed in once and you're done. You can go get breakfast. You can go rehydrate. So that allows you like two and a half, three hours if you wanted to, uh, to come in. And if you're doing nogi, uh, which is in the afternoon, you can come later in the day. Um, but that's our weigh-in, which is a little different, just sort of a tweak that I like because I just I didn't like having a weigh-in right right before your match. Um, and the other thing is, this isn't the world. This isn't Pan Ams. You know, this this isn't um, ADCC, and and you're not worried about like winning money and qualifying, and you haven't. No one's been training all year for our tournament, um, so it's a really relaxed environment. Sure, everybody well... wants to win. Uh, no, I mean, you know, if you think about it, you're starting in January, so they really have been training all I su- year. I suppose. I'm just helping but you sell your a- thing, that's all. Making sure you cross <laughs> the T's and dot the It I's. is a relaxed environment. It's, it's not, like, super competitive. Everyone's real friendly, um, and that's what I love about it, and that's, you know, what I love about jiu-jitsu is, is sort of that camaraderie, and sometimes it can get lost when you're taking things so seriously when I know that, you know, this IBJJF tournament isn't coming around for a long time and I, I want to make sure I make the best of it. And um, so it, it's, it's a really good environment and everyone understands that they're there for something larger than just the medals um, or, or, you know, trying to win something. And um, so I, I think uh, it, it's, it's the environment you want to be in. And, uh, if you're a brown belt or black belt, you compete for free, which I what? forgot to mention, but that's sort of cool as well. Yeah. If, well, if you've gotten awesome. a brown belt, I think you've earned it. You can come and you can compete for free. No problem. There's no, no, no fee for, uh, attendees or anything, coaches, all that stuff. There's, you don't have to pay anything to get in, of course. Um, so I just try to try to make it as welcoming as possible to everybody. And, um, especially if it's your first tournament, this is the perfect tournament because, it's not super high pressure, but it's going to be well organized. You're only you don't have to worry about anything other than you know your fight. We have ring coordinators for every ring, so it's not like table workers. They're not trying to keep score, do the bracket, and keep time, and eat lunch all at the same time. We have uh, you know we're all volunteer uh, staff at these events, and I make sure to staff it three people to a table, so it's all in order. Nice. Um, maybe it's uh, it's my personality about sort of OCD keeping everything in order, but I think it pays off for the uh, competitive experience. And we have to get John out of here. We promised we would. He was kind enough to stop by. Um, really easy. Go to ta- go to Dap Cancer out. Enter in your email. I already subscribed actually right as we got on here, um, and I already got confirmed. So get on the mailing list. January 17th, University of San Diego, raise some money, go help out for a great cause. John, thank you very much for swinging by the podcast this evening. Thank you guys for having me. I, I really appreciate it, and, uh, and thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, from Tap Cancer Out, John Thomas. What a podcast. 
Raffles Parson, my compliments on your holiday wrangling. Thank you. That's a compliment to your personality. You must be very nice to these people when you're beating them up in jiu-jitsu. I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Uh, I think most people most people would uh, would say something different than that. But yeah, sure, let's go with it. Let's go with it indeed. And just a reminder, January 17th in San Diego is the Tap Cancer Out tournament. Get in there. Go have some fun. It sounds <laughs> phenomenal. I can't believe they don't run late. I can't believe it. I genuinely have tr- I I'm struggling. It's a it's a very very uh, important boast to have. Like of all the boasts there is in in the sport of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, saying you run on time is uh, woo. It's a heavy one. It's a bold faced lie, and I call him no. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna let it go until I get to see it. It's <laughs> what? what's wrong with you now? <laughs> they broke again. They broke. <laughs> So maybe if you're on the other side of this listening, Kevin's not able to keep a straight face because his family's laughing at him, which I thought was just normal. No, my mother is gasping in the kitchen. It is affecting my judgment. And I'm struggling to keep a straight face. If you want, okay, you're a professional. Well, we I screamed. I'm a professional at them. It doesn't seem to have worked. (laughs) Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? All right, it's time for shout outs. There you go. (laughs) You start. I'm just gonna mute. You start. Okay, Kev. I swear to God, by the time I finish shout outs, you better have recollected yourself. I can do that. All right. I don't know that I believe you, but uh, I want to go ahead and start off by shouting out Valley Martial Arts Center. Um, Feedback. Jesus. You didn't need to do that. You took I it. had to. Yeah. I had never done it. First of all, this win-win. I had never done it while sobbing. <laughs> You're in no condition. <laughs> I shouldn't be driving. I should be podcasting. There's nothing I should be doing right now. <laughs> Put yourself back on mute. Uh, I want to shout out Valley Martial Arts Center. Uh, another great week of training over there. I want to shout out um, one of our new guys who showed up this week. His name is Evan. Uh, this dude is going to be amazing. Uh, I had the chance to actually train a little bit with him today. His third time in three days. was very impressed to see him out there. And uh, here's the thing that he was telling me. He was telling me that, because uh, I'm like, hey, you know, what other sports have you done? He tells me, he's like, oh, you know, I've done rock climbing. And I looked at him, and I was like... Grip strength. Nobody likes you anymore. You know what? I was going to take it easy on you to begin with, but uh, if you, you rock climb, you're going to have really good grip strength. So you're no longer my friend. <clears throat> so uh, he's a good guy. It was really cool to get him uh, training on over with us at Valley Martial Arts Center, and I look forward to seeing him back at the gym. And How I was it? To- grip strength, <clears throat> was it crazy? To be fair, today we did Nogi. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, enough said. Yeah, it doesn't count. So it's fine. And uh, today was just kind of a drilling day. Uh, so it was very funny. And maybe you, you can tell me if I'm being a jerk here. Uh, today they had us doing a drill where it was very simple. You put them in like side control or you mount them or you have neon belly and it's just their job to get out. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of holding them down. And uh, the coach, uh, Hassan, is yelling at him, like, come on, dude, you can make it, you can get out. And he starts maneuvering up, and he's, like, sitting up, and, like, you see on the clock, 
you see there's like three seconds left and he like sits up and it sounds like you did it. And then I just pulled him back down. Was this a jerk move? No. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. No, you're good. You coast clear on that. Mostly, I just think that's funny. Like, I like people go the opposite. I love it when someone's like setting up a move for two minutes and they get shut in at the end. I love it. That's fair. I'm just saying. It's just so funny because I'm like, you know, I forget what it's like to be a first day guy again, but man, it's really tempting. I'm just going to pull him back down and put him back in the side control. And the kid's like, oh. And you just want to tell him, you're like, dude, it's going to be a lot of this, but it's great, and you're going to love it. Uh, so he was actually a really good sport. He was laughing a lot about it. So to him, I say thank you very much. I also want to shout out the good people over at Street Sports. Uh, there's a gym out here called Street Sports. I actually got the chance to go train there on Christmas Eve, and holy shit, what good people they had there. Um, it's uh, instructed by Kenny Bond. Who not only took the chance to talk with me, but rolled with me, like, twice. So the name is Bond? Kenny Bond? <sighs> yes. Yes, it was. Ba-da-bow. Ba-da-bow. Uh, Kenny Bond, I cannot wait to introduce you to my friend Kevin Phillips. He was the idiot I was talking with you about <laughs> at the gym. Uh, in case you needed any more evidence as to show the intellectual prowess of my co-host here. Uh, man, such great people there. Uh, I don't think there was an easy role uh, there at all. I Nothing but killers. And uh, there's one guy in particular. I think his name was Julian. Or Julian. And uh, this dude had some of the most ridiculous pressure and strength I, I've gone against in some time. He finished a baseball choke without even finishing the move. It was just like, no, nope. my head's about to pop off. It's all yours, buddy. Yeah, uh, but he was he was really good and just uh, a small sample of uh, the ridiculous kinds of uh, strength and technique that they have over at Street Sports. To all of the people over there, thank you guys so much for uh, treating me and the other people from VMAX so great last week, and I look forward to doing it again. And uh, I also want to say, Carlo, training partner of the end of the year, after training over there, just says, hey, did you guys want some acai? No way. It's on me. So, uh, yeah. Props to Carlo. Thank you. That was really nice of you. It is. And I think that'll do it for me on shoutouts. Well, big shoutouts for me over to KC, BJJ, Jason Bircher, running the hell out of that gym. Awesome lesson today. It was really cool. 9.30, the mats were packed, by the way. That's awesome. For a 9.30 a.m. class, just like loaded with killers. I uh, got to see me some tea money, friend of the podcast, Travis Conley. Mm-hmm. His forehead hurts. Are you, do you know what I'm talking about? Um, have you rolled with? I've you rolled, rolled with Travis. It is an intense experience. What is going on with his head? Does it is it shaped a certain way? Like it was the most amount of like violent. It was, and it's not like he like jams in there. He just puts it on your skull and it hurts. I just think he's a, a weapon. Yeah, like he's just rebased. He's just really intense when he's rolling, and uh, I don't really know that there's a, a good area that uh he doesn't know how to use to maximum pain no i had a yeah <laughs> that's a, yeah that's a good point it's just a really at what point it was like god can i keep this half guard at what price like <laughs> I a, a new jaw at the end of this fantastic <laughs> role uh great time up at kcbj a really good time did, can i ask you this kevin when you're rolling yeah. with travis did you start by complimenting 
his new engagement because I think that would have been a yes. great offensive. Uh, yeah, skill. I definitely went early on the. Hey, congrats! By the way, you know, a lot to live for, Travis. A lot to be hesitant about as you roll. See, lot you went to not the wrong way on choke. that one. Nope. Oh, I think I. I don't think you went the right way. In fact, I think you only explained how you got beat up more. I think <laughs> what you do I, is. No. I think what you should have done is when he's trying to give you uh, the what's good for giving up the side control. You or you know uh, half guard, I guess. Is you should have just been like, "Hey, Travis, moment, please. Congratulations on the engagement. Really cool. <laughs> Throw him off a little bit. Use your yeah. brain, Kevin, because that's all you have against him, and it's not much." I'll think about that. Yeah, I was more I'm not sure I had time. It was tons of fun. Great class today. Uh, BJJ and MMA Academy out in Chantilly, VA, where I will be returning to. This weekend, at some point, I haven't quite mapped out the drive back to Kansas yet, but it's happening this weekend, Raph. Drive back to Virginia from Kansas. That's going to do it for me, and that'll do it for us here at Verbal Tap. I am Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and Happy New Year. Happy New Year indeed. All right, well, you know. We've, we're about to devolve into another giggle fit, I think. <laughs> Sounds like. What are you all laughing about? What is it about this podcast that inspires the giggles? I want to hear it right now. I'm trying to concentrate to be a professional. <laughs> just rap. There are people laughing in the background. Well, that's because you're there. <laughs>